0: Welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our August fourteenth, two 2008 edition of the show. 5.05 p.m. on the clock here, Pacific Standard Time, Irvine, California. Before we get into the show here, I've got a couple of quick reminders. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regions. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at KUCI.org. You can also catch me on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash outtherabbithole. If you've had concerns about uh, Christian extremists and their attacks on the separation of church and state, you really need to hear what our guest today has to say. Whereas you may have seen some holes that have been made in that wall between religion and government, he is going to explain how in one institution, the U.S. military, that wall has been obliterated. More importantly, he's going to tell us what we can do to fight back. He is Mikey Weinstein and is the founder of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. Mikey's family has a long and distinguished military history. He is an honored graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy, spent 10 years as a JAG or military attorney, worked as a legal counsel in the Reagan White House as well as serving as first general counsel to H. Ross Perot. Mr. Weinstein has a recently released book, With God on Our Side, and he is featured in the new film, Constantine's Sword. Mikey Weinstein, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation today. I, um, somebody turned me on to your work on on the internet uh, on a couple months ago, and I said, "Wow, got to talk to this guy." And uh, so, yeah, let's. Um, first of all, let's get out the web address for the Military Religious Freedom Foundation.
1: Right. I mean, I know we're on for an hour tonight, but uh, it does go fast. And for anybody that uh, wants to hear this, I know this what they're about to hear is that, you know is going to knock their socks off and probably rock their world. Uh, the best way to go and find out more about this world is to go to our, web, our web, uh, website, which is on uh, the URL is www.militaryreligiousfreedom.org. That's militaryreligiousfreedom.org, and uh, I think you'll be pretty blown away by the website.
0: Yeah, MilitaryReligiousFreedom.org, and yeah, we'll give that out a couple more times before we're done today. Uh, So, uh, Mikey, what were the events that led to your founding of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation?
1: Well, really, Robert, I started off uh, with my wife as a pissed-off parent. I had um, three kids, my two Jewish sons and my Christian daughter-in-law, at the U.S. Air Force Academy in 2004, um, and it started uh, February of that year when that... That movie came out by Mel Gibson uh, maybe you can help me I forget the name I think it was called the Jesus Chainsaw Massacre or <laughs> Freddie vs Jesus uh, I was I referring to the Passion of the Christ and it wasn't even my own kids that told me about it I was reached out to by um, Protestant members of the faculty wanting to know if I was aware of the fact that um, that movie was being crammed down the throat of the forty four hundred seventeen cadets and six thousand staff that were there at the academy and um, um, of course I you know I, I I've been somewhat prominent at the school. Uh, my years in the White House, I came back and uh, many times bringing distinguished guests. And throughout the years, given a lot, my wife and I have given a lot of money, blood, sweat, and tears. And I, I love the school. I love the academy. And as you mentioned in the, in the very nice intro, and thank you for that, You know, we're a military family. And um, I was sure that someone had just gone a little bit uh, uh, awry and a little bit too much enthusiasm. Uh, what I found out was um, um, that uh, I was wrong. It took about eight or nine months, but that there was essentially a uh, this was the tip of the iceberg, if you will, or the, the tip of a tsunami of um, fundamentalist Christian um, uh, tyranny uh, that had completely uh, destroyed uh, the constitutionally mandated wall separating church and state, or spiritual and temporal, metaphysical or physical, basically in the technologically most lethal organization ever created by humankind, which is our honorable and noble U.S. military. And that's where it started uh, in 2004. Um, I tried very hard to work with the school. At the time, we thought it was limited to the Air Force Academy. We now know that it, um, this, this um, uh, national security threat, which is what it is, Robert, is extant in all 737 U.S. military installations scattered around the world in 132 countries. The Pentagon will admit to 737. It's actually closer to 1,000. So it's everywhere, and uh, we're the only organization. We're a, a fully uh, you know, tax-deductible, nonprofit, 501c3 charity, and we fight this um, 25-8. I don't mean 24-7. I mean 25-8 <laughs> around the clock.
0: So there are these situations in the Air Force Academy, in the Air Force in general, in the other branches of the military, where guys, soldiers, airmen, you you name it, they're doing their job, and they're being proselytized and put in very... Uh, compromised positions to where they are sort of coer- coerced into going to these prayer meetings, going to uh, uh, films such as the Mel Gibson piece you mentioned, or or to go to Christian rock concerts. And if uh, they don't go, there is a price to pay.
1: Yes, basically, um, what we're talking about is uh, look, you know, and this is America. Uh, we, you are any American citizen is completely vulnerable because that's the way we designed the country to being proselytized or evangelized. Let's say if they're walking through a mall, if they're at a movie theater, if they're walking to you know going to the zoo or something like that, that's perfectly fine. But um, if you want to watch a, a Fortune 1,000 CEO brought to his or her knees, Robert, you have the most junior employee, a summer intern, it's summer now, and, and you know in, a, in the mailroom raise his or her hand and say stop, I'm getting me a lawyer because I'm being evangelized during the work day that is a killer lawsuit under Title Seven of our U.S. Code. You cannot do that in the workplace, but in the military, that's not just say, say your shift manager at Starbucks, Wendy's, you know, KFC, um, Costco, or Taco Bell. That's your military superior. Remember, in the military, having sexual intercourse with someone, say, other than your spouse, it, adultery is still routinely punished as a felony. I've defended and tried those cases. If you're told to go to the base dentist at 4 p.m. and you don't go, it's a felony. We have something called the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and many of the constitutional rights of our honorable noble airmen, sailors, soldiers, Marines, National Guard, Reserve, Vets, Coast Guardsmen are severely abridged. Why? In order to to support the higher goal of providing good order and discipline, which creates the necessary lethality for these, uh, these brilliant young men and women, to protect the full panoply of constitutional rights for the rest of us. So if you're being even gently evangelized by your military superior, get the hell out of my damn face, sir or ma'am, Robert. is not an option for you, so they come to us. We're a militant organization. We kick ass, take names, lay down a withering field of fire, and leave sucking chest wounds on this unconstitutional heart of darkness. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I like your your attitude and it's, it seems that's exactly what we need because when we get into talking about uh who we're up against here uh you're going you listeners are going to see why that is necessary because they are very uh serious about what they're up to. So uh, Mikey, let's talk about um <laughs> who these people are. You know, it's it's this seems that what I'm getting from you from the Military Religious Freedom Foundation is that There is a strange, extremist, religious cult which has taken over the military, and they're not just Christian fundamentalists. And let me see if I have this right. You can correct me if I'm wrong. They are premillennial, dispensationalist, reconstructionist, dominionist, fundamentalist, evangelical Christians.
1: You know, you're the first radio host to get that (laughs) right. And um, (laughs) uh, it's basically... um, This is a uh, a small subset of evangelical Christians. And let me me make it clear. Um, We represent, next week we'll probably go over 9,000 active duty members of the Marine Corps, Navy, Army, and Air Force, and veterans that are our clients. And 96% of our clients are Christians themselves, Robert. Roughly three-fourths traditional Protestants and uh, one-fourth Roman Catholic. Only 4% of our clients are not Christians. Our clients are just being told they're not Christian enough. And um, it's, uh, Hitler had only 8% of the population in his National Socialist Movement. Stalin had 2.9%. As you just described, this long, long technical name, premillennial, dispensational, reconstructionist, dominionist, fundamentalist, evangelical Christians, represent about 12.6% of the American public, or 38 million Americans. In the military, we think, however, it's almost three times that much. In the low, the low 30%, 33 34%. Um, basically... Uh, they believe these, these particular people that they have an illimitable right to push this weaponized gospel of Jesus Christ. Either you're with us or against us, uh, illim- like I said, illimitably, uh, not bound by time, place, or manner, and certainly not bound by the Constitution. Uh, if you try to stop them from doing it, they claim that you're infringing upon their constitutional rights. So they, won- you know, they run under the skirts of the Constitution. Um, if you try to stop them from doing it, I'll give you an example on every one of those uh, 737 military installations I mentioned earlier, really closer to a thousand. We now have an organized group that is essentially the uh, American Christian military Taliban and the American Christian military Al-Qaeda. For the officers, it's called the Officers' Christian Fellowship, or OCF, and I invite your listenership to check it out on the web. They're unabashed about what I'm about to tell you. You'll see it right there. For the enlisted folks, it's called the CMF, or Christian Military Fellowship. Now, their purpose is they want, quote, Christian officers exercising biblical leadership to raise up a godly military, they have three specific goals. Sorry, you're hearing me. We have attack-trained a German <laughs> shepherds here. Okay. Um, the, uh, the first goal is they want to see a, quote, spiritually transformed United States military. Goal number two, with ambassadors for Christ in uniform. Uh, parenthetically, that hasn't worked out too well for planet Earth the last 2,000 years, Robert. Right. Uh, thirdly, empowered by the Holy Spirit. They push their Bible studies on everybody. Their, their key Bible study states that their their goal is to not to, quote, not to allow the opposition, all of which is spearheaded by Satan, to prevent them or thwart them from regaining territory for Jesus Christ in the U.S. military. They are everywhere. Uh, they are on every military installation. Some installations have dozens of chapters. And um, this all happened while most of of margin you know, Homer Simpson America was asleep at the switch. You know, most Americans get excited you know, if they have to spend, say, three chilly nights on an air mattress in front of Circuit City to make sure they get their PlayStation 3. Yeah. You know, they can't be bothered. They're going to follow, you know, showbiz tonight and see what Paris and, you know, Brittany are doing or, or um, uh, something along those lines. This has happened over a long period of time, and now I'm very sad to report on this, uh, you know, on your fine show tonight that, you know, uh, that basically we're about, um, um, well, you yeah, know, this will be the news for the Out the Rabbit Hole. We're about a Tiger Woods two-inch putt away from the fundamentalist, United Fundamentalist Christian States of America, and that's where we are tonight. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I know, when I get the facts from you and from other sources, I, I, I really cannot disagree with that. that it, it's a really frightening situation that we have, uh, you, you mentioned the Taliban, it, it, it is like the Taliban. They are that extreme. These are religious extremists who believe that uh, the, uh, the end justifies the means, that anything is permissible to achieve this goal that they have based on their weird cosmology that is not even a majority of Christians. No, who... I'll
1: tell you, as a matter of fact, they'll, they'll, they have several key Bible provisions. Of course, they have a lot of them. One of the key ones they push is the book of Luke in the New Testament, chapter 19, verse 27. If you're not familiar with it, it's referred to as the parable of the pounds. Jesus is talking about a parable. However, um, they interpret it to mean that Jesus says in Luke nineteen twenty-seven. Go out among the people and bring back before me, Jesus, all those that will not accept me, Jesus, as king over them, and slaughter them. Um, That's their perspective.
0: Yeah, And I can
1: go on and on and on. And again, look, there are 10,000, give or take, plus world religions on the planet. Under our beautiful Constitution, which, by the way, was the first time in the history of Homo sapiens, that any nation state created a governing document that did not, 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 you know, invoke the name of somebody's particular deity... All of these religions can flourish equally, but none of them can have the support, the, the, uh, the, the incredible power, prestige, and financial heft of the government. They can't engage the machinery of the state um, you know, to, uh, to force their views uh, in a disproportionate manner upon the rest of the populace. Twenty-one percent of our U.S. military, 21 percent, self-identify as atheists or having absolutely no religious preference whatsoever. And uh, yet, um, you know, imagine where was this country on Tuesday, July 12, 2005, Almost to the day, three years and a month ago, on the front page of the newspaper, most despised by the Pentagon. And what do you think that newspaper is, Robert? Uh, the New York Times? Correct, the New York Times. The then number two ranking general among the thousands of people in the U.S. Air Force Chaplain's Corps, Brigadier General Cecil R. Richardson, made the unfrickin' believable statement, so you know it had to be fully vetted, that it was now the U.S. Air Force's official policy, and I hope your belt, uh, you and your readers' seatbelts are on, to, quote, reserve, the Air Force would now, quote, reserve its right to evangelize anyone it determined to be unchurched. That is, can you imagine if, say, IBM or General Motors came out with a policy that they would reserve the right to evangelize anyone they determined to be unchurched? It is literally, uh, you know, mind-boggling um, to, uh, to even imagine something like this. And, uh, like I said, these, this, these are the people that control our nuclear conventional and laser-guided stockpile.
0: Yeah, this is, this is truly uh, frightening. This is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson speaking with Mikey Weinstein, and he is the founder of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, and they are doing some wonderful work, and he's explaining to us uh, what it is that they're up against and how they are fighting it. And uh, so these, uh, when you explain this to me, what they are doing in the military, and... and it seems to me, uh, I'm not a legal mind at all, but it seems to me very obvious that it just would be patently illegal. In, in how, and I know you are fighting some of this out in court, so how is it that they are passing this off as somehow being legal?
1: Well, I'll tell you something. Um, there's an old saying by Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche, that all of life is subject to interpretation, Robert, but that interpretation which prevails has nothing at all to do with the truth and everything to do with power. Unless you've ever been in the military, you know, the power structure is such that, um, you you know, your superior is your superior. It is, um, another great statement, um, um, uh, you know, was, uh, that's out there is that, um, I'm trying to remember the author that, um, the guy who, who wrote
0: 1984...
1: Orwell? Orwell. Orwell made the great statement that, um, when, uh, Faced with universal deceit, speaking the truth itself is a you know is a essentially a revolutionary act. We don't train our young airmen, soldiers, you know, marines and sailors to be revolutionaries. And it was a very Orwellian statement. It's very very hard to stand up. And if enough people do not stand up, you can see what happens. And essentially the famous, and the, the, the troika here, the uh, the trifecta, you know, Martin Luther King's statement that is that There comes a time when silence becomes betrayal. We have filed a, as a result of this. You mentioned the litigation. That's quite right. We have filed a massive federal lawsuit in Kansas City, Kansas, and the theme of our lawsuit is, we're, is what we call the four P's. We're going to show a pervasive and pernicious pattern and practice of essentially unconstitutional rape of the religious liberties of our members of the military uh, by their uh, their military uh, superiors using the you know, draconian specter of military command influence to essentially waterboard their superiors into accepting this, this dominionist, fundamentalist, Christian um, theology, which is all about wanting to end the world. I mean, they do not want the, the idea of Empathy and sympathy and the world, uh, you know, we're all of us being together, holding hands, kumbaya, is not part of their playbook. The playbook is their version of the book of Revelation, in which they are promised a 200-mile-long river, which they lust for, four and a half feet deep, filled with nothing but the human blood of those people Jesus has slaughtered at the battle of Armageddon. And, these, and the people in the military will do whatever they can to serve as, you know, make things happen to serve as an accelerant or lubricant to bring this um, weaponized gospel of Jesus Christ version back to earth as soon as possible.
0: What is the, the relationship to this organization, or well, that super long name of these certain types of Christians? Uh... You
1: can just call them dominionist Christians. It comes from the, Gen- the book of Genesis when God supposedly says to, uh, you know, to man, go out and take dominion over, the, over you know, all the creatures that creepeth, all the birds that fly, take dominion. So that, you know, their view is we will take dominion over everything and, and uh, the Constitution be damned. That's nothing. Um, that is simply flawed, quote, man's law, and must be subordinated to our biblical worldview.
0: Yeah, so the, these uh, dominionist Christians, now there's another organization, and I believe there's crossover between the two, and these people call themselves uh, Christian Zionists. Correct. And, and these people are, you know, say they are very much pro-Israel and supporting Israel and what they're doing, but yet they have this view that uh, eventually this is about fulfilling prophecy and bringing the Lord back and creating this horrible, uh, you know, destruction. Yeah, my and my wife
1: th- calls this the first Thanksgiving theory, that the, um, the, that the, the, the right-wing evangelical fundamentalist dominionist Christians, and the Christian Zionists love Jews and they love Israel to the same extent that the uh, pilgrims love the turkey the night before the first Thanksgiving. Uh, it's as if somebody would pay you $20 to spend the night in, in this house over here, and the whole time you're in there, they're praying that the house will burn down with you in it. Because in order for everything to work out in accordance with their playbook, no Jews go to heaven. All Jews are slaughtered, uh, are either slaughtered in the Battle of Armageddon or are forced, forced to convert. And So no Jews get to go go to heaven, and it's um, you know their 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 biblical worldview. They are convinced that they are right, and that anyone that opposes them uh, is an agent of Satan. Which is why they refer to me uh, as oh my God, they got so many names for me. I mean, um, the most uh, the, Falwell used to call me the most dangerous man in America. Lately, they've come up with uh, the field general, the godless armies of Satan, um, and it's amazing the attacks. I mean, we've had our tires slashed, beer bottles and feces thrown at the house, dead animals killed and put on the front door. We've had our windows shot out. We've had um, swastikas and crucifixes put on the house, uh, marked on the house, and you know wherever we go, we have to have security. We're, when you know we we get um, uh, innumerable telephonic death threats, and um, we you know we've had uh, for uh, God 40 months now a group of I, uh, I suppose they're fundamentalist Christian women who call the house and just chant on the phone, uh, "Mikey Weinstein, bullet in the head, praise the Lord, he's finally dead." If threatened, my wife, my daughters, you know my my kid, my sons, and. Uh, um, my youngest son just graduated from the Air Force Academy last May, and he's the sixth member of my family to go there. Uh, we have over 130 years of combined active duty military service in my immediate family and every major combat engagement, Robert. We've been in from, in this country from World War I to the, this current so-called global war on terror. My nephew right now is on his second tour as a Marine platoon sergeant in Al Anbar province in Iraq. So it's, it's quite a battle, and we are in court. It's no good to write your representatives in Congress or make phone calls or send emails. That's like a weed whacker. I bet it knocks these these people back for three or four days. We've got to go in and root it out and in, in, in federal court and try to get the We need about four hundred court marshals in the Pentagon.
0: Okay, so how many court cases do you have right now? Do you sit the one or?
1: Well, we have the, the 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 case we have now is designed to be able to be huge because it's a pattern and practice lawsuit, which means all the evidence can come in. Or the hard part is that. Most of our clients are terrified, of course, to come forward. They have spouses, they they have lives, they have children. Um, we have many reports from the AOR, which is how the Pentagon refers to Afghanistan and Iraq. It stands for Area of Responsibility. We're soldiers that are refusing to bend to the to this um, this particular biblical worldview. Again, the vast majority of them Protestants, and then the second group, uh, most you know, after that, Roman Catholic, and then the four percent will be Jewish, Islamic, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, agnostic, Wiccan, you know, the minority faiths. Um, the soldiers are being sent on the most dangerous missions, where there's a much higher likelihood of confronting jihadists or insurrectionists, or going down streets where there's an known likelihood of being hit with an RPG or an IED. Um, it's just absolutely. And then I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to be heading over to Iraq soon with one of my advisory board members, um, the uh, the great and well well uh, you know well, uh, universally acknowledged Islamic scholar um, Reza Aslan, who actually lives in Los Angeles, has a great book out called No God But God, and another book. Um, called How to Win a Cosmic War, that will be out shortly. Uh, We're going over there because the Iraqis themselves, and by Iraqis I mean all four subdivisions, the Shia, the Sunni, the Turkmen, and the Kurds, are being mercilessly proselytized by our contractors and our U.S. military over there.
0: Imagine that. Yeah, you know, uh, remember uh, President Bush used the word crusade when we first uh, started on this whole thing. Correct, correct. And uh, they, I'm sure none of them, that I'm sure that didn't go past the Iraqis and the other uh, people whose country we are occupying. Uh, and now when you, this is ha- happening, they're, they're probably seeing this as for sure it's a crusade and they're trying to.
1: Oh, they absolutely. Let me tell you something. I've been contacted in the past, recently, in the recent past, by two senior national security officials, even in the Bush administration, who've told me not to give up this fight. We have found so much material. If you go to our website, and you click on the, uh, the video that we have called Why Murph, M-R-F-F, you will see the things we found, which are ab- absolutely astonishing. I mean, I mean we, we found an F-16 squadron, an attack F-16 squadron, that was called the Crusaders. And their emblem on their attack F-16s equipped to carry laser-guided nuclear and conventional weapons, same emblem on their flight suits and their squadron, is a gigantic crucifix, Uh, Number one, and also a gigantic helmet from the year 1096, the year of the first crusade. The helmet is surrounded by three yellow stars in the shape of a crucifix for the trinity. Then there's a giant crusader's broadsword on it. I mean, is there anything more we could possibly do to motivate already pissed off young men and women in Syria, Lebanon, you know, um, uh, Jordan and Egypt to want to come and join the cause against us? That's why this is a national security threat.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is like you couldn't come up with a better way to recruit no. anti-American terrorists. Imagine,
1: imagine if you, if you were, um, well, you live in L.A. Imagine, uh, there, you know, there's obviously a rivalry between the San Francisco Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> yes. if, Joe, if, if Joe Torre, um, the night before the Giants came down from San Francisco to go to Chavez Ravine to play in L.A., decided to call the mothers of the of the San Francisco Giants um, players, whores, you think that might? Motivate the Giants just a little bit more to beat the hell out of the Dodgers and Chavez Ravine.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, excellent point, excellent point. Uh, this is out the rabbit hole, KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson speaking with Mikey Weinstein, and we're talking about the uh, his organization, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. He also has a book. Uh, is that when was that released? Uh, Mikey, the book, the book
1: came out in, in uh, hardback in October of '06, and then in February of this year came out in paperback with Ambassador Joe Wilson, the husband of the outed CIA agent Valerie Plain, both of whom are very close friends, and Joe's on my advisory board. He wrote the foreword. It came out about um, five months ago in paperback.
0: Okay, uh, that's with God on our side.
1: Yeah, it's actually, yeah, with, with God on our side, one man's war against an evangelical coup in America's military.
0: Okay, and, and so that's uh, they can just... Pick that up at the usual places. Any right. Uh, you,
1: uh, you can go to Amazon. Uh, bookstores have it. The fastest way is just go to our website. On the home page is a place to click on it. The book is um, basically um, very short. It's like 207 pages, and it's meant to be a primal scream. Uh, they, you know, they, as, it, as the old saying goes, you can't change the world by whispering. The book is, is a, as a wake-up call. It's shocking to read, but it, this is not a fantasy. This has really happened.
0: Okay, and the website is militaryreligiousfreedom.org, dot org. W dot 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 org. Is that right? Right. And all, and if people are interested in supporting the cause and uh, donating money, you are a nonprofit organization.
1: Correct. Every Every dollar donated to us is fully tax deductible. We're a nonprofit, IRS recognized five hundred one c three charity. Um, and um, you know, it's easy to just go right to the website. It'll tell you on the home page how to donate, and it's um. Um, again, uh, www.militaryreligiousfreedom.org. You know, we're going up against the dark side. They're funded with billions. Our entire annual budget is just about a million dollars. But we're uh, you know, we facing a big shortfall, and we need the help. If anybody wants to actually do something, we can offer you two things, a full tax deduction, and secondly, the knowledge that you're trying to save the republic.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think this is such a huge uh, threat. And, uh, you know, we see throughout history, if you've studied it even slightly, what happens when uh, religion and government become too cozy. Some of the m- most uh, horrible uh, crimes in history are the result of that. And, oh, yeah, we've,
1: we have, you're quite right, Robert. We've seen this train leave the station over and over again. It's not just the Holocaust or the Inquisition or the pogroms or the, the Black Plague of 1348, whatever um, any particular virulent form of a religious faith, and this particular, in particular, Christianity, again engages the machinery of the state. And by the state, I don't mean the Department of Education or Housing and Urban Development. I mean where the sticks and stones are that break our bones. You know, the War Department, the Department of Defense. Um, we do not end up with little rivers, creeks, streams, ponds, or lakes. We end up with oceans and oceans of blood. And we're 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 moving in that direction right now at Mach eight.
0: Yes. Yeah. We are. I, I wanted to uh, kind of bring up something that I felt kind of related to all of this and see what your thoughts on it were that in in addition to what you're describing you know directly within the military we also have the situation where we have these corrupt and unqualified people being appointed at the justice department i'm i'm thinking of like monica goodling and uh, these people who are graduates of this goofy Re- Pat-, Regent University yeah. law school. Pat Robertson founded law school.
1: Yes, and, and I'll tell you something. It's um, about four minutes from me. I live in Albuquerque. He's one of my closest friends, and that's David Iglesias. He was the lead of the nine U.S. attorneys that was fired. His, in fact, his book is out now, which I highly recommend. It's called Injustice, and the guy, the, the, the former Warner Brothers guy that wrote my book with me also wrote. You know, I write, wrote David's book with him. And um, until the U.S. attorney scandal, and David, by the way, is a born-again Christian, right-wing, evangelical, you know, conservative Republican who has always supported what we're doing. We have many tremendous support among evangelicals. We have a number of evangelical clients. There's a big difference between an evangelical Christian and a dominionist Christian. The former respects the Constitution, the latter does not. But you're quite right. Until that um, scandal broke, we didn't realize that the Justice Department was awash with 150 graduates of one of the worst law schools in American history, Regent's University Law School, Pat Robertson's Law School, where I understand the tuition is um, is, is uh, fairly uh, uh, high, but the the good news is the book costs aren't because you only have to buy you know one book for the three years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and they they have this uh, this rather extremist Christian agenda as well. Yeah, and we in in addition to that we also have uh, corrupt. Religious extremists such as Joseph Schmitz, appointed inspector general at the Department of Defense, right. who looked the other way while the Blackwater Mercenary Army, founded by another Christian extremist, yeah, right. you know, screws the taxpayers while giving Bush this truly extra-constitutional army. And so do you, do you see this like, I know you're focused on what's happening directly in the military, but this bigger pattern that it's really dangerous on all levels.
1: You know the the beautiful the answer is yes. The beautiful thing, the thing about this country, woven into the very fabric of Americana, is the concept of tolerance for diversity. I mean, even the, you know the term e pluribus unum," out of many is there is there are one. That's the the basics of this country. And um, one of the, the crimes against humanity, a blood a blood crime, that I um, I blame the dominionist Christians for is that they take this wonderful, beautiful concept that's so American, tolerance for diversity and they brutalize it, torture it, and they rape it. And out of their mouths, it comes for, it comes out intolerance for those of us in the majority. Well, I've got news from them. The, the Bill of Rights was passed in March of 1791 not to protect the majority. It was not there for the convenience of the majority, but to, to basically provide um, um, uh, safety and refuge for the minority from the tyranny of the majority. That's what they were there for. That's exactly what this was about. And um, you're quite right. If you look at... Uh, uh, there's another wonderful book out by um, uh, someone that I, I have a great deal of respect for, Jeff Charlotte, who writes for Harper's and Rolling Stone. His book came out is now a bestseller called The Family, and it details exactly what you're talking about at the highest levels of wa- in Washington, D.C., the glitterati, the cognoscenti on Capitol Hill, the State Department, and the Pentagon. Um, um, you have these dominionist Christians. That, uh, that have their version of trickle-down. You know, you, it's, it's called The Idea. You get all the powerful people to push Jesus, and the, the weaker people won't be able to, to fight against it. It's a shocking book, but but it, it's particularly shocking when you take it in conjunction with another good friend of mine, um, Chris Hedges, who was the Pulitzer Prize winner, former MIDI's Bureau chief of the New York Times, who actually won our Thomas Jefferson Award last year for the preservation of religious liberty. His book is called American Fascists, The Christian Right and the War on America. Look, since, um, since 9-11... With this, this this completely suboptimal human being in the West Wing, we've had a new dominionist fundamentalist Christian church open up in America, a mega mega church, meaning two thousand or more members. Robert, every forty eight hours.
0: Wow. Yeah. And
1: uh, <laughs> you know, it's their right to do this, but I I I, I think I keep thinking back to the um, the great French journalist Alexander de Tocqueville. I'm sure you remember he came to this country about fifty years after its founding. And he, he wrote, among other things, he was just stunned, thunderstruck by the diversity and the flourishing of so many different religious faiths and, um, and practices in this country, which he thought was wonderful. He attributed it to one thing, and that was America's separation of church and state, which he didn't have even in his native France.
0: Right, yeah. And this is a, you know, just such a cherished American ideal, and anybody that just basically knows our history knows of it, but we have these people who get. Hopped up on extremist dogma and twist things around to say what they want them to say, and so now uh, you are a registered Republican yourself.
1: I am. I, you know, I spent uh, over three years in the uh, in the in the West Wing of the of the Reagan White House, and I was one of his counsels. I helped. I was the committee management officer for the Reagan administration, and. Um, Right now, I would probably, you know, I would vote for a smoking dog turd over any Republican that was out there, um, and I, the, the Democrats aren't a hell of a lot better. But I mean, my view has always been lately that uh, under Republicans, Robert, man exploits man, but under Democrats, it's just the opposite. So I've given up on both political parties, but that's why we're in federal court. Um, but this uh, GOP, God's own party, is nothing, um, uh, you know, not even a faint, um, a distant, uh, you know, relative of of the party of, of Goldwater or Jacob Javits, uh, the party of limited government, and yet, uh, you know, um, uh, being being uh, blind uh, to uh, to the differences among us and the fact that we, we are all Americans together. We don't cleave this country into those who are the children of the greater God and those who are the children of the lesser God and no God at all, because that's happened many times before. And like I said, we end up killing ourselves. I mean, we don't have a separation between drinking and driving in the Constitution or between... Um, you know, two-year-olds and two-year-olds being able to play with matches, um, um, but we but we have laws against that because we know what happens when those things occur. But our founding fathers were so assiduously careful, Robert, as well. You know, to separate church and state. I mean, they looked at European history, where most of the tyrannies that had occurred there had been when men of the cloth had been men in political power. They looked at Cromwell in England, and heck, they didn't even have to leave our shores. They looked at the Salem Witch Trials, Mm -hmm. and they said, not here. So they didn't just put in the separation of church and state. They actually put in Clause 3, Article 6 of the Constitution, the body of the Constitution, which, unlike the Bill of Rights, as we mentioned earlier in the show, which went into effect in March of 1791, the body of the Constitution went into effect in December of 1789, some 15 months earlier. They stuck in Clause 3, Article 6, where it says we will never have a religion test for any position in the federal government. I guess unless uh, you're the U.S. military, which will, by policy, hold up a religion Geiger counter to anybody, and if it comes back and says it's this amorphous, undefined thing called unchurched, why the U.S. military reserves its right not to buddhize or hinduize or atheize or judaize or catholicize or Wiccanize or, you know, Satanize, but to evangelize you.
0: This is out the rabbit hole. KUCI in Irvine. Robert Larson speaking with Mikey Weinstein, and uh, we're uh, talking about his organization, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And uh, you can find them at militaryreligiousfreedom.org. And uh, you can, if you're interested in helping them out with their work, you can make a tax-deductible donation. And you can also check out Mikey's book, uh, that is "With God on Our Side." And uh, now you had uh, you worked with a fellow who was an atheist, and uh, were you involved in that legal battle, or is that part of the one you're on now?
1: Right, we uh, we have a we have um, uh, our lawsuit now uh, includes our our foundation, and we have a brave young man named Jeremy Hall who had two combat tours in Iraq, where he won the combat action badge. Um, um, was a, was raised a devout Southern Baptist. His grandmother read to him from the Bible every night. And then he made a decision, suasponde, or in Latin, on his own, when he uh, was in Iraq, that he decided he just didn't want, you know, didn't didn't have any religious faith anymore. That was his decision to make, and because of that, he went through excruciating uh, uh, torment and torture. And uh, he's our co-plaintiff in the lawsuit. Uh, the defendants are Dr. Robert Gates, who's the defense secretary, and an army major uh, named Freddie Wellborn, who was the direct tormentee of Jeremy. That's the can opener that gets the can open in federal court, and, um, again, we've we've styled the lawsuit to be a pattern and practice lawsuit. There's no doubt that this will go to the Supreme Court, which which makes this election very important, because other than than our fight, which is this national security threat from the Christian Taliban or Al-Qaeda internally, the the, the two other greatest dangers to America, in my opinion, are the fact that you got Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. She's 75 and ailing, and John Paul Stevens is 88, and that means the next president is going to have, you know, very likely in the near term two more appointments and uh that can swing this court and those are lifetime appointments and not just a four year term for the president as well you know
0: right and you know when we look at some of the the decisions and some of the things that have been said by people like uh Antonin Scalia it's it's rather disturbing
1: um yes i mean it, it it's uh, in fact i would use a you know more more wor- stronger words than that you know if if you look at the people on this court and the things uh, you know it's it's I don't know what's happened to this country, but um, uh, one thing for sure is that by trying to um, accentuate the differences among American citizens based on theology, again, that has not worked well. You can ask anybody who goes to medical school. I'm using. A, I'm kind of uh, breaching the full uh, veracity of this analogy, but there's like 12 ways a human arm breaks, and they learn that. You know, that through the patterns in human history, you learn all 12 ways to fix it. Well, we know what happens when we start trying to decide. Um, you know, who are, the most, who are the superior people and who are the inferior people? And if you keep telling somebody they're going to burn eternally in the fires of hell, lit up like a Roman candle on the 4th of July, unless they accept your version of, um, of theology, at some point you begin to look at them uh, as being um, bad people in and of themselves. And in fact, the dominionist Christians we fight will, will uh, often cite 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, where Paul warns true Christians to never get, uh, un, quote, unequally yoked with non-believers. He says, in other words, you can keep trying to convert them, but at some point, you got to give up, because the, the, those non-believers, you can't be associated with them, because they represent darkness and uh, unrighteousness, whereas the true Christian represents the light and righteousness. Um, again, we, we, this has nothing at all to do, this is not a Christian-Jewish issue, Robert. It's a fundamentalist Christian, dominionist Christian versus the Constitution issue. It is not, 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 not a political spectrum left or right issue, it's a constitutional right and wrong issue. On our advisory board, we have ambassadors and governors and generals and combat veterans and Nobel Peace Prize winners. We have gay, straight, Republican, Democrat, you know, green, independent, uh, Hindu, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, Muslim. You know, we've got the whole Rainbow Coalition up there. But it's time the American people need to wake up and uh, actually do something now besides just picking lint out of their belly button.
0: You said that uh, it doesn't do any good to uh, alert your uh, Congress person. Have has Congress done anything? Looked? Had any investigations no, into they're this? They're
1: terrified of this tar, this tar baby. They're terrified of pissing off the right wing Republicans because they all vote. They're they're completely next to useless. I mean, I don't care if they're Jewish or Protestant or Catholic um, members of Congress. They will not touch this. Uh, the the best, the most effective thing to do if you're outraged by what you're hearing today. Is get your credit card, go to www.militaryreligiousfreedom.org, as you've heard Robert say numerous times tonight, and make a donation to us. We already have the sword at their throat. We're in federal court. We have a killer lawsuit. They know it. The D- Department of Justice, we just spoke about recently, on um, just three weeks ago, on behalf of its client, the Department of Defense, filed a 350-page motion to dismiss against us. That's how worried they are about this. And you know, we're not going to go away. We're not going to stop because we're the last. We're the last. Um, uh, shot we've got, you know, to prevent our military from, from uh, being, you know, utilized to to uh, be in their own terms, their own words, that they are, you know, they're government-paid missionaries for Jesus Christ. And that is not what our tax dollars are supposed to be going towards. Yeah,
0: when I hear some of the things you say that that they are saying, and, uh, you know, it, it sort of reinforces a, a notion I've had for a while, that if these... Uh Christian extremists got the total control of our government that they want, that, that we would have an inquisition on our hands. I mean, And you look at certain things like how many of uh, these types of Christian extremists I- embraced the, the abuse at Abu Ghraib in Guantanamo. You, you know, oh yeah,
1: you know, I mean look, they were thrilled when uh, Hezbollah went at it with the Israeli Defense Forces a year and a half ago, and now they're seeing the, the incursion by a uh, um, you know, Dmitry uh, Medvedev, um, you know the, the, the head of Russia, into um, Georgia over South Ossetia. This is a, this is. A, a, if they see a leaf blow across the the, the the driveway, they can tie that into the Book of Revelation, and they get lustful, and they start going nuts for this, uh, uh, and they they feel so wonderfully excited because it means that the end is near, and they're going to be, they're going to be raptured into the sky naked to meet Jesus. And again, that's it's not their biblical their biblical worldview that I'm ridiculing. What I'm ridiculing and fighting is their disdain for our constitution, which says, "Look, you can believe the way you want to believe. You just cannot force another citizen, you know by, by using the awesome power of the state to accept your your, your, your worldview. We just you know we just fought um, a, a revolutionary war with uh, with Britain, uh, and we, you know to, to prevent that from happening. And we look back over history and decided it's not going to happen here. So we created a document that Israel doesn't even have a constitution. We do. Mm-hmm. We take it seriously. This is not the America that many of us grew up in and um, in fact there was, there was there were several great cold war movies that came out in the early 60s uh, Dr. Strange Love on the Beach um, uh, and another big one was um Fail Safe uh, but another one was called 7 Days in May with uh, Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster and it concerned a military takeover of the United States government and that's why that's exactly what we're talking about here is we are we're not bordering on theocracy I mean we're we're deep into it and um this is not like I'm not on this show tonight talking about a tipping point, let's say like global warming. We've already tipped. You know, that constitutionally mandated wall separating church and state in the military is nothing but smoke and debris, as we, just, as we report back on this uh, fine radio show tonight, on Thursday
0: night. Well, let me uh, ask you about, you know, you worked in the uh, Reagan administration, and the, we saw with the Reagan administration that they, they had these close ties with, uh, people such as jerry falwell and pat robertson and, and do you feel that some of this started getting kind of put in place at that time
1: absolutely um you know uh, the great philosopher soren Kierkegaard said that we live our lives forward robert but we understand them backwards i look back now during my three plus years in the, in the reagan white house and there's no doubt that i could see this coming i just didn't see it at the time i didn't couldn't sense it at the time and um we actually go back to 1972 as the kind of the the rock you know, in the middle of the stream that, that, that's, that caused everything to change, because that was the year, you may remember, that, I don't know if you, if you were alive then, but that's when mm-hmm. mandatory conscription ended, we, the, the draft ended, you know, because at least when we had a draft, in theory, we were pulling people in equally, you know, involuntarily, into the military, mandatorily, from what we now refer to as red and blue states, equally. But with the end of the draft, we saw this gigantic demographic shift where people were coming into the military with this supercharged patriotism, being superimposed on what we now refer to mostly as red states. And this continued to foment and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It certainly uh, expanded during the Reagan years. In 1994, at the end of the second year of the Clinton presidency, we saw the politics of polarization rear its ugly head with Newt Gingrich and the concept of, you know, uh, of, 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 of all of these things. And um, then, uh, uh, again, after 9-11 with, uh, with Bush in the White House, it just went crazy. It went completely crazy
0: how deeply does uh, from what you can gather does george w bush uh believe this stuff is he a dominionist
1: you know um there's an there's a a uh, famous law called gray's law are you familiar with that no gray's law posits that um any sufficiently advanced incompetence is completely indistinguishable from malice so i don't know how much he buys into it either intentionally or through or or, um, or through um um you know uh uh, uh Like I mentioned, you know, uh, just now. I mean, it it can be through uh, a mistake or something that's unintentional. It doesn't matter. As Shakespeare said, "the fish stings from the head." Mm -hmm. So, you know, any sufficiently advanced incompetence here—he certainly uh, appears to be in complete and total consonance with all of this. And his the whole concept of his faith-based initiative—all of that seems to be completely and totally ignoring the separation of church and state. If you want to have a faith-based initiative, that's fine. Don't violate the separation of church and state. Um, that that is, this is a bedrock principle, and the people we fight, by the way, believe that that is a myth, like Bigfoot and the and the uh, the, the Loch Ness monster. Do You know that in in Texas, George Bush's home state, uh, there's been a plank in the GOP, the Republican platform, in that in that um, state since 1999, to quote, dispel the myth of separation of church and state. You believe that?
0: Yeah, that's that's terrible. That's shocking. It, it's uh, yeah, I. When I look at George W. Bush, and I've talked to some people who've uh, researched his his career and all of this, and it, it's hard to get it really solid of uh, what the best guesstimate I can get is that he half believes this, and that right. he believes it when it's convenient. I mean, he's politically motivated, and he, uh, you know, he does consider himself a Christian, but he'll violate his own. Uh, supposed ethics, if it's uh, the political expediency is more important at the moment, and I think that they quite rely on these Christian extremist voters, and so often you know it's payback, and and where do you draw the line? Do they really believe it themselves, or are they just trying to woo these voters? And uh,
1: well, he remember he is the commander in chief, and um uh you know I, I believe he's one of the uh, stupidest people that um, has. Uh, and it's not the stupidest by far that's ever. Uh, handle that office. Um, And I'm speaking now because, you know, um, look, this guy was born um, on third base thinking he hit a triple. He's (laughs) had every, you know, every, I can't wait for um, Oliver Stone's movie to come out. Uh, And um, I think that uh, uh, ultimately he he will, you know, I guess what I would say is some of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life are people that are devout Christians. And so, you know, almost all of our clients are Christians. And it's a real shock to them to be, to be told by somebody that controls their life in the military, a superior, that uh, guess what, you know, we've got some news for you. You're not really a Christian. You're not a Christian enough. And as a result, you will burn eternally in the fires of hell with Anne Frank, Gandhi, um, you know, uh, Tim Russert, um, that guy that did the last, uh, the last lecture, Randy Pausch, um, you know, and the two million children under the age of, you know, one and a half million children under the age of uh, 13 that were slaughtered in the Holocaust. They're all down there. Uh, along with Einstein.
0: Yeah, that's a a very extreme uh, viewpoint. Uh, So, um, Mikey, do you have any events coming up that you want to tell us about? I think you've got something in our area here next month, if I'm uh, not mistaken. uh, Yes,
1: my schedule is, again, on the website, uh, and for security purposes, we don't release it um, too much in advance, but I know that I'll be speaking in L.A. um, the end of this month, and again, I think in September. Uh, Just check the website out. Uh, the, The best thing to do is to do that. You can you can email me directly by going to Mikey, and that's easy to spell. It's M-I-K-E-Y. There's no C in there. It's not Mickey, but about 90% of the people make that mistake. <laughs> my given name is Michael, but because of that Life Serial commercial years ago, you know, give it to the little kid. Yeah, Mikey. yeah. <laughs> So uh, my email address is just Mikey at militaryreligiousfreedom.org, and I answer every email immediately and personally. I don't have a staff do it. Um, we have, you know, we have about 55 people in the foundation, full-time, uh, you know, independent contractors, volunteers around the country. Well, we do. We really do work around the clock. And, um, um, you know, we are, uh, I mentioned it earlier, um, it was Benjamin Franklin who was the rock star of his day, Robert. You know, I remember he, the famous uh, story when he walked out of the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. He was surrounded by adoring fans, and they were chanting, Mr. Franklin, Mr. Franklin, Mr. Benjamin Franklin, what type of government have you bequeathed to us? And his famous response was, a republic if you can keep it. So I'm asking the the, you know, the listenership of your show tonight. Help us keep the republic, and uh, consider donating to us. And nothing against the Boy Scouts or the or the uh, the whales or any of the other things, but um, you know, we if, if we lose our fight, none of that's going to matter.
0: Right, militaryreligiousfreedom.org, www.militaryreligiousfreedom.org. And again, uh, nonprofit organization. You can make a tax deductible contribution if you are think this work is important, which I certainly do. And uh, so, uh, Mikey, we're just about out of time. If you could quickly just uh, maybe mention the the movie, uh, Constantine Sword. Yes, uh, there's,
1: a, there's a movie that's out by an Oscar nominee, the great uh, director, Orrin Jacoby. It's based on the runaway 2001 uh, New York Times bestseller, Constantine Sword, by the great author James Carroll, of a, a former Catholic priest, and was born His father was a uh, three-star general in the Air, U.S. Air Force. Um, and it chronicles the very tragic and bloody history, 2,000-year bloody history, tragic history between the church and the Jews. And um, uh, the, the, uh, the the producers decided to ask my family to be in the movie uh, so they could show the arc of time from 2,000 years ago until today, how very little has changed in many respects. And the movie is very powerful. If you go to, uh, to ConstantineSword.com, you can see where it's playing. I think it's in 56 cities right now. And on August 20th, you know, in another six days, the um, the DVD is actually available, and you can again just you can get it at ConstantineSword.com. It's ninety five minutes long, and it's a an incredibly touching movie.
0: Yes, and so many uh, people, I think, uh, just look at all of these horrors of uh, religious uh, intolerance as you know in the past, and that uh, it's it, it's really relevant for today, and we need to be aware of what's happened and. Uh, what is happening today. And uh, so, yeah, Constantine Sword. Absolutely. Okay, Mikey Weinstein, thanks so much for being with us today and for the work you're doing there at the uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation.
1: Thank you very much, Robert. It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Yes, Mikey Weinstein, Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And, yes, I... uh, Check out what they've got on their website and uh, do your research, and I know this sounds pretty crazy, some of the things he's talking about, but it's for real, and uh, they're fighting this out in court, and we uh, we are in a dangerous time. It's a dangerous situation and that we could uh, lose our most uh, cherished ideal— of the separation of church and state. And we've got to get on top of that. And uh, what's going on in the military should uh, alarm all of you. Okay, so yes, uh it's been a great show today. I will have an excellent one next week as well. I don't have uh anything I can report right now as far as what we've got lined up, but we'll get something together in the uh week before. And we've got some great music coming up here in just a few minutes with uh, Kyle, uh, Things That Are Square, and, um, let's see, again, that website, militaryreligiousfreedom.org. And uh, this is Robert Larson saying it's been great talking to you today. Remember the opinions expressed on this program and not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And if you want to give me some feedback on the show, I always appreciate that. You can email me at rglarson at KUCI.org. You can also catch me on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash out the rabbit hole. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at kuci.org. Robert Larson saying, I'll be talking to you next week. Going to leave you with a little music here from the Ike Riley assassination.